Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for all your support, man. Things are going really good because of you guys. And I want to thank you for sharing uh, this belief cast with everyone. And, and like I always say, for believing in me, that means so much. I want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks, also for believing in me and, and, and sponsoring this belief cast week in and week out. I'm grateful once again to have another amazing person that I've known for a while now. And I'm grateful that she's been willing to come and share her story. We're we're here at Wasatch Recovery bright and early. <laughs> and uh, I have uh, Teddy Searle. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for letting me come. Yeah. So let me give you a little background on Teddy. Um, I first met her when she was uh, teaching at Brighton High School. And she was so gracious to actually have me come, I think, speak three times to your classroom. Yeah. And uh, that was a great experience for me. I'm from, I went to Brighton High School, so it was great to go back and go, this is kind of weird. I'm talking to these kids and I used to be, I used to go to school here. Yeah, walk in the same halls. <laughs> walk in the same halls. It looked the same. They're remodeling it now, but, uh, which is kind of a bummer because I like the old stuff, but I, I, I get it. It's falling apart. and <laughs> The round hallways. Yeah. So let me, a little background on Teddy. She's a fitness coach and runner, public speaker, health educator, and a recovering perfectionist, which I want to get into more of, uh, I, I know what you mean by that, but I'd like to get into why you say that. Um, she's uh, a Washington State native, and she's been calling Utah home for the past 20 years. She's a longtime advocate for outdoor adventure and physical wellness, and she's a strong believer in healthy, uh, healthy mindset, and that's where you and I I think we connect really well because yeah. we're both kind of on that same uh, trajectory there. And, and especially for those for ADHD and anxiety, which I know that's some stuff that you've you've gone through yourself, which we'll get into. And then you love to run. You took up trail running and you've, you've never looked back. <laughs> you love teaching teenagers and speaking to inspire positive change in people's lives. Um, she's a collegiate and high school educator like we talked about and a fitness coach and retreat host. Anyway, yeah. the list goes on and on and on, but thank you for joining us. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your, your yourself. Like where did you grow up and some, some of your background? So I originally grew up in Washington State. Um, my parents got divorced when I was about eight years old. Uh, okay. And so I kind of lived in several different places, moved around in Washington State since I was a really young kid. Um, but I... When I left Washington, at that point, I was living on the reservation. Oh, okay. And so that's an experience all in and of itself. Sure, yeah. Uh, do you have in, brothers and sisters? I do. I was, um, I'm an only child biologically, and then my mom okay. got remarried. And when she remarried my stepdad, uh, he had six kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, from his first wife. And then my parents had my baby sister which okay. I say baby, it's just because she's 20 years younger than me, but sure, um, yeah. she's, you know, now in her 20s. But um, yeah, so I grew up in the middle of eight, essentially. Uh, my youngest sister wasn't born until I was a freshman in college, so I didn't really grow up with her in the home when I was growing up. But I grew up with a bunch of step-siblings, and that in itself is a challenge, right. um, I was super excited to have step siblings. I'm not sure that they were so excited at the time, but now we get along really great. Yeah. Um, and they're fantastic. It, it takes some work. But yeah, so I grew up in this kind of um, blended home 
yeah. so to say, uh, on the reservation in Wapato, Washington. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so talk about that for a minute, the, being on the reservation. Uh, you know, when I when we first moved there, I was in high school when we first moved to the reservation, and I remember stepping into the high school for the first day, uh, super nerve-wracking, and I thought I was in another country. Right. Uh, all I saw was Hispanic and natives, and right. I literally was like, am I even in America? Yeah. Um, I came from a predominantly white um this really small high school out in the country in Washington. And then we moved into Wapato on the reservation and they have, it's this beautiful Valley that they produce all of this agriculture. Uh -huh. um, apples are huge in Yakima, okay. in Wapato area. And um, <laughs> if you ever want good apples, I highly recommend that. Okay, great. I love um, apples. <laughs> yeah. And you see them, it's funny because I see them in the grocery store all the time here in Utah and I'm like, oh look, it's my home. Yeah. Support Yakima farmers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I walked in to Wapato High School and I was like one of the only white girls and one of the only white people in the hallways. And that was a complete culture shock for me at the time. And I am so grateful for it because it really blinded me to race, color. I like it right. just it became like people are people. Yeah. And um, it doesn't really matter. So what What a great experience to have and to oh, have that yeah. perspective at, at a young age, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back and live there because of some of the things that there are lots of, um, in fact, I was back there just a couple months ago, and there can be a lot of alcohol and drug right. um, issues um, as well as they have a lot of um different challenges that come along sure with living there but um i'm really grateful for the experience as a teenager and like i feel like it made me a lot more um well-rounded isn't the right, right word but yeah um it was a great experience and yeah. I, I mean i still have some really amazing friends from high school that i love to go see and That's hang great. out with well so how old were you again when your parents divorced um I was just, I was in between seven and eight years old. So talk, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about that uh, experience. I know, I mean, obviously it's a difficult time for everybody. So how did you handle that and what was going through your mind at that time? Um, I don't know how well I handled it. I was seven to eight years old, right. but I do remember distinctly, um, I, and you have to remember too, I didn't have any siblings because I was the only child. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I think that makes a difference. Um, I look at some of the teens and uh, kids that I've worked with, and everybody handles their parents getting divorced a little bit differently. And I think it depends on when they've experienced that, too. Right, sure. Um, but I think well, a lot of times kids can rely on each other if they have siblings, that then they can kind of bond a little bit over that. Yeah, kind of lean on them a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I just remember, like, I was like, oh, like, like I didn't get it. I remember my dad, I was visiting my dad for the summer. My dad lives up in Brigham City, actually. And that's how I okay. came to like be in Utah is because it's, it's been my second home even growing up because I lived in Washington, but then I would come here during the summers. Okay. And I was visiting my dad. Um, he had changed jobs and he was no longer in Washington. And so um, he was here in Utah and I came to visit him and I like, 
as a kid, I was just completely naive and didn't realize, I just thought dad was at a job. I didn't realize that my parents were getting divorced. And so he was like, so I remember him having yeah. the, <laughs> like sitting me down and, and having that conversation of like, well, I'm not, this is my home. I'm not going to be coming to Washington. And it just blew my brains. Like yeah. I, I was like, what? Like, I don't, yeah, you know? Um, and so growing up, it was really hard because I always felt torn in between kind of two places and two parents. You know, I'd cry when I left my mom. I'd cry when I left my yeah, dad. Yeah, sure. Um, but it does kind of also, like, as the years go on and time goes on, it, it becomes just what it is. Like, right. You yeah. don't know that. But I learned how to fly by myself at a very young age. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, again, sometimes, you know, the toughest things we go through ends up being a blessing in the end. You yeah. know, even though it was a difficult time and, you know, we could always say, I wish it was different, but it isn't. It is what it is, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you can look back on that and go, man, look how look how it's kind of even blessed me to this day. Yeah. You know? Uh, there's still things that I think kind of come up from that. Um, anybody who's been through divorce, either as a child or as a individual um, in a relationship, I think you, you can't walk away from that and say it doesn't leave some scars of some sort. Sure. Um, but I do totally feel like it has made me way more compassionate and understanding, um, and able to help people that I may not have been able to otherwise. Right. Well, and you know, like when I, when I first met you, you know, and watching you, we were just talking about this when you got here, how, you know, teaching those kids at Brighton and how you interacted with those kids. And I saw how they interacted with you and just, I could tell, man, you loved what you did. You're good yeah. at it. The kids trusted you. They felt safe. And I think, like you said, you know, you learn to have that compassion and see, th see things differently. You learn to not judge anybody, at, you know, being on the reservation. You're like, man, we're all people. Yeah. I mean, all these little things lead up to when I first met you, just seeing that, it makes a lot more sense to me. You know, oh, yeah. you're just, you know, you're Thank that you. good person because of those things. I try. <laughs> I do. I love teaching yeah. and I love my students. And yeah, they, they're a good group. Right. And I've had several throughout the... I've had some amazing, amazing students throughout the years. Right. So they're phenomenal. So I know, you know, you, you talk about that, uh, you know, you're a strong believer of a healthy mindset and especially around um, ADHD and anxiety. Can you talk a little bit about why and why that's, you know, you're so passionate about that? Yeah. So um, I am ADHD myself which I didn't really learn about until I was in college. Mm -hmm. And so I see it in my own life and I can spot it in students um, so, so fast. Uh, granted, in the education system, we can't be like, hey, your kid's ADHD because you're not, you know, we're not right. medical, we're not doctors. Um, but I can see a lot of the yeah. things that I struggle with myself, I can see my students struggle with. Uh, although ADHD does affect everybody a little bit differently. But... Um, I, looking back, I can kind of describe some stuff better. Uh, yeah. I just remember when I was going through high school, I was always a mover and a shaker. And so I'd always get in trouble for talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at that. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, e even as a young kid, I remember in like second, third grade, my teachers like telling my parents or telling my mom that like, you know, um, that I talked a lot or that I was fidgety. And I actually got held back in kindergarten uh because i i i think it was learning disabilities that were related to adhd okay. although we didn't know it at the time right uh but um 
anyways, it, yeah, it was just hard for, harder for me to learn. Um, and, and I don't exactly remember what it was that I didn't know and that it was hard for me to learn at that point in my time because I was super young. Right. But, um, but when I got into high school, like it was impossible for me to sit down and do homework. I, like, cause I would rather be out riding horses, yeah. playing sports, like, and doing all these other things. Um, I also remember when I switched um, from, what was it, junior high, basically, over to high school, the first, like the first day, I don't even think it was the first day, I think it was orientation. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I walked into the high school and I about ended up passing out. Um, I got <laughs> so nervous, my anxiety thought, you know, just shot through the roof, except for I didn't know I had anxiety. And so... Yeah, you're wondering, what's going on with me? Yeah, yeah. I totally did. Like, I felt nauseous, just about passed out. I called my mom and I was like, I feel super, super sick. And I did. Like, that was the thing is I was like, I'm... I, my anxiety had bumped up to the point that I was physically sick. Yeah, but, wow. but I didn't know that. I just was like, oh, well, maybe I have something, you know. Right. Like, I don't know. Um, when I was a sophomore, I think it's when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I ended up getting ulcers because I would stress so much about because my anxiety would kick in. And again, um, you know, my parents didn't yeah. didn't think to have me tested or do anything right. um, and didn't recognize it. Um, and either did I. And so, yeah, I, I look back at high school and there's so many times when I'm like, oh, that was such an ADD symptom. <laughs> ADD kicking in right there. Right. Uh -huh. um, one of the harder things is, is I would watch my stepbrother um, and he's a year younger than me. And I would, he just excelled at school. He was on the basketball team. He was like pulling a 4.0 and he, like everybody loved him. And, and I was like, how does he pull this off? Like, right. how does he rock this? You know, and then there's me. I'm like the flighty blonde tennis player, <laughs> like, um, and I was a good student, but I wasn't. I ended up pulling a 3.2, which isn't bad. I mean, that's right. that's sure. fairly decent. But I look back, I've looked back at it like a billion gazillion times. And I'm like, man, if I would have studied like I did in college, yeah. I would have had a 4.0. But there was so many things that I was working against. Um, and one of the things that I see in my students and how they describe it, too, is it's like they can never keep up. Right. Um, and I remember that in both high school and college is that I would watch my friends who are in the exact same program, um, mm -hmm. taking the exact same classes, and they would, they'd be taking, or the, they'd be taking more credits, or they'd be able to hold down a job and be able to do school and do it well. And I was like, why can't I keep up? Yeah. And so I think it started a mindset of I'm stupid. Mm. Even though I knew I wasn't dumb, like you kind of feel dumb because you can't, Yeah. you know, I'd watch somebody, I, well, I'd watch my brother, for instance, pull out math classes, um, English classes, and all these other classes, and he would do it and wouldn't spend nearly the time on homework. Right. Um, although, and he was way more dedicated. Like he would come <laughs> home and he would do his homework after like school and basketball practice and right. whatnot. And he would sit down and do his homework. And then he was just so disciplined. And I, it was so hard for me to do that. Like I could never just be like, okay, I'm going to do my homework now. Right. Um, 
<laughs> and it's it's almost hard to describe, but it's it's like your brain's so scattered. It's like you're a squirrel or you're chasing right. after a right. squirrel. Yeah. And so uh, it does. It makes you feel like you you're like, I, I know I'm as smart as this other person, but at the same time. And so I think that's a lot of where my mindset started was actually probably more so in high school and college of this this mindset of like I I'm not good enough or that yeah. I'm I'm stupid or that I can't learn. Right. Um, yeah, and those are difficult things. And so I you know, as you as you were going through that what what were some things that I mean, were you just feeling like you're on your own trying to figure this out? I mean, did you have any help? Did you I mean, you know, maybe your mom or dad were trying to help from a distance? I don't know what how are you dealing with that and coping with that as you were going through this? Uh, so in high school, a lot of times, like I know my mom wouldn't always understand why I would have emotional outbursts. She uh-huh. kind of would be like, <laughs> why are you such What's a teenager? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was never a rebellious teen. Uh, I mean, yeah, did I like go and do some things that, you know, my parents didn't necessarily were like, yeah, you can't go here. And then I went there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, I never did any alcohol or drugs in school. I wasn't out, you know, partying and doing that type of thing. Um, it just wasn't in my nature, which is really funny. Um, cause I, I know that can be kind of typical. Right. (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, I was a good kid. I just, was a little bit flighty. I like to be around my friends and have those connections. And not knowing that you have ADHD when you're in high school, not knowing that I had anxiety that was associated with that, um, I just had no idea. Right. You know, I mean, I... Well, it sounds like you were feeling like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Why am I... Why can't I be like this person? Why can I do this? So ultimately what I hear you're saying, and I think this is very common, um again something's wrong with me i'm not good enough and you even yeah. mentioned you went as for as far as saying you know i feel stupid yeah right yeah um it, and it, it could probably the more the mindset or the way it can, comes out verbally is oh so and so so smart like they're way smarter than me right you know it's not like i'm dumb it's just everybody's smarter than me or they they're faster than me they're whatever right uh, honestly, sports were a saving grace for me in high school. Uh, I started, I had an, an amazing uh, PE teacher, an English teacher, and she, I had her for a PE coach, and she was also the tennis coach, and she saw me play pickleball of all things. Yeah. And, <laughs> which at the time, she was way before her time because, you know, pickleball wasn't, wasn't right, big like yeah. it is now. Yeah. And um, she saw me playing pickleball, and she's like, hey, come try out for the tennis team. And so I went and asked my parents about it, and and between my tennis coach and myself, um, convinced them to let me play tennis. And right. so tennis and volleyball were in my life through high school. Okay. Um, and that really was a saving grace for me because yeah, it's kind of like an outlet, right? The, yeah. I, I can get rid of this, this pent up energy and this yeah. feeling and, and take it out on the ball, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just fun. Like I still love sports and a lot of it has yeah. to do with the fact that it's movement for somebody who's ADHD yeah. is, is fun. Now, you know, you, you said you noticed as a teacher, you would notice your, some, your students are, had going through some of the same things and this and that. What, what were you able to do to help these kids 
just you know as you watch them kind of go through this as a teacher it's a little bit more challenging because i you know again just by law i can't say hey you know your kid has adhd so i would try i would try teaching in a way that was more hands-on i'm a Mm -hmm. hands-on person i learn more by moving and so i tried to make my classroom more that way so that i think anybody learns better by movement and for sure. more hands-on. It, it becomes more of an emotional thing and more of a memory than just like, oh, let's read a book and right. fill out some questions. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would try and make my class more hands-on, more project-based uh, because then your ADHD kids can ex- not excel, but they it's they're going to be more in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that's one thing I did. I, I would end up talking to some of them one-on-one because they would open up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had one specific um, one specific girl, and she had been a dancer, and then she yeah. quit dancing in high school. And there was um, some different things around that. But she literally said, she was like, well, I'm just not as smart, and I can't keep up. Oh, wow. And I just was like, you could totally uh, like relate I with that. know how that feels. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of times ADHD people and even myself now, sometimes it's hard to explain exactly what it feels like. But when somebody knows what it feels like and starts talking about it, you can recognize it because yeah. nobody can explain it that way unless they're in it. Exactly. And I, I feel like it would probably be that way, whether it be anxiety, depression, um, somebody who's been through a divorce, somebody who's been through a death, any of those things. I think if you've been through it, you can talk to somebody else and be able to connect that way yeah. because maybe it's not 100% the same, but there's probably some similarities. Right. And so unless you've experienced you know, a parent dying or a child dying or experienced death in those ways or been through a divorce or you know, in this case, you know, ADHD or had depression or anxiety, it's hard to understand what somebody's really feeling unless you've been there. Yeah, exactly. No, and you know, you, you know, we we talked about in the beginning that you you know you kind of almost label yourself a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. I think because of those, you know, anxiety and ADHD kind of fueled that as well. Talk Absolutely. a little bit about that. Uh, the perfectionist thing is is kind of an interesting dynamic because being fly and ADHD and not having this great GPA, you're like, well, how can you be a perfectionist? And it's more uh, a perfectionist mindset. Like sometimes it's like you don't start doing things because you, if you can't do it perfect, then then, why start? Then yeah, Yeah. it like just kind of damns the progress there. Um, A lot of the perfection really came in the mindset of I'm, you know, I'm not good enough. And so it's kind of hard to relate how that and perfection work together, but it's just, you kind of want to have this per- these perfect relationships. Um, I saw it, especially the perfectionist in my relationships, especially my dating and my marriage. Okay. Um, I had these expectations of this is what it was supposed to be. This is what I wanted it to be. And so, and I was very, very critical of others, which is funny because I'm like fun loving and very accepting of everyone. <laughs> right. But then at the same time, I would be super critical of guys that I was dating. Right. Um, <laughs> they had to be what I considered perfect, right. you know, my standard of perfect. Uh, and right. so 
what I've kind of come to realize is that perfection that I was throwing on everyone else was more kind of what I expected of myself. And so then when you're not perfect, you, when you don't meet your own perfection standard, then you start playing a lot of mental games. Sure. Um, Yeah. I've heard it said this and I thought it was really profound. Uh, Perfectionism is just covered up fear. Oh, totally. Right. I mean, just a good way to put it. Right. And, And I think, because, you know, like you said, if, if I can't do it perfect, I'm not even going to start doing it. And then when you actually are doing something, you feel this anxiety like, man, I've got to be the best at this and it better work out mm-hmm. the way it needs to. And, yeah. and so, yeah. Yeah. And it, it <laughs> still, it'll kick in even now and I'll have to kind of catch it and curb it. Right. Uh, but it's, it's definitely something that I've like recognized in myself and then gone, oh, okay. Like I've had to have a change of mindset. It took some help to do that. Um, interestingly enough, um, it took a family nurse practitioner. Oh, really? And a life coach, yeah, to kind of change that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is a whole another story in and of itself. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was that change of mindset where I really saw that coming out uh, was when I, when I was going through my separation and my divorce. Right. And... Uh, I actually, I just decided to go see a counselor because I kind of was like, well, I'm already at the bottom of this. And yeah. I didn't think I need count. I needed counseling. That's what's really funny about it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, here I am in my 30s and I, like looking back, I'm dealing with some really serious mindset issues, but I didn't think I had any issues. Like, right. I just was like, no, no, it's just tough, but I'm fine. But I'm good. Yeah. yeah but I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and completely had wrecked this relationship my own doing and um i'm like well i'll go to counseling because that just seems like what you should do you know yeah um there comes the perfectionist kind of side of things right and i was like well what can it hurt you know sure can't hurt anything at this point yeah and so i ended (laughs) up going to a couple of different counselors it took a minute to kind of find one that i clicked with um and a couple of them I went to and I just was like, okay, you're telling, I like, I don't feel like it makes a difference or anything. And then I went to this one and she's like, well, let's have your blood work checked and just make sure that you're like, your hormones are normal. And, right, yeah. and I hadn't even really thought of that, but it made so much sense after For she sure. said it. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. And um, so I went to, she recommended a, this family nurse practitioner and said, hey, this is who I like to send a lot of my my clients too. She'll do the blood work up for you. She's awesome. And I was like, okay, so, you know, I schedule appointment, go in, don't think anything about it really. Um, and they did my blood work. And, and, uh, on that first visit, I remember crying on the table because she could talk ADHD. Yeah. And I still get emotional about it now because nobody had been able to relate. Yeah. Um, see, I get teary about it now, but nobody had been able to speak that way to me before. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, let's try medication. And at the time I said, no, I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, I wasn't comfortable with it. Um, I had learned that I had had ADHD when I was about a freshman, probably a freshman or sophomore when I was in college. So I knew I had it and I'd learned about it. 
but I was I still wasn't comfortable with the whole drugs thing. Right. Um, yeah. Ritalin kind of had this stigma with it. For and, sure. and I'll yeah. be honest, I'm glad that I missed the Ritalin stage. Yeah. Of sure. ADHD medication. I had lots of. Fa- I actually have several family members that were, ended up on that, and I and I I just I didn't want to deal with some of the dr- the effects of the drugs. Right. And so I was really, really resistant uh, to actually going on medication. And so about a year and a half, about a year and a half later, I was like, well, if I'm going to make things better, I'll give it a go. Right. And so I went into her and I'm still on a very low dose of it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be honest. I don't take it every day. Like I'm like as it's prescribed to me. Prescribed to. Yeah. Um, But it's a really, really low dose. Um. But uh, it, it was a game changer. Yeah. Uh, and so is medication the right thing for every person that has ADHD? Absolutely not. Um, but it can definitely be a good supplement for some people. Yeah. And so. Well, talk about, you know, you know, you got emotional there for, for you know, when you were talking about how it, it was almost like for the first time you were talking to someone that truly understood what you were going through yeah and how how that just affected you so the funny thing about it is she's adhd and she's a doctor Mm -hmm. and so and i guess in my in my mindset you know my mind's eye Mm -hmm. that made her a more valid source because she had a medical background right at but she literally spoke adhd and so that's why i'm even more so a believer of like sometimes you don't know unless you know yeah. Because she just was able, she's like, do you ever feel like this? And described all these things that I was like, you don't know that. Like nobody had been ever been able yeah. to talk to me like, like that. Um, sure. And so, yeah, it, it validated the way I felt. Right. Like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm just... ADHD and yeah. oh my gosh, somebody knows how to speak that language, but can also speak the medical language and say, and yeah. and again, this comes back to the point of I've been teaching health, medical anatomy for like years, medical terminology for se- all these years. Right, and yeah. so um, the combination of those two was very, very helpful for me because she was able to describe how I felt and then say, oh yeah, and here's some you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just somebody off the street being like, oh, yeah, I, I suffer with ADHD and, you know, I can't make decisions very well, you know. Right. Um, and so for a medical person to be able to describe how I felt was a big deal. Big, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, just, yeah, just kind of like finally someone gets this and, and where I'm yeah. going through, you know, as I'm hearing you talk and, and you know, and knowing you for a while now and, and actually seeing you in action at, at Brighton and seeing you teach, like I said earlier, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about what you were going through, and I say this a lot to my clients who have, you know, they're, they're, they've been diagnosed bipolar or ADHD or mm-hmm. with anxiety or depression and, and the list goes on and on. And I'll say, well, that's your superpower. And it, it truly is. Because as hard as it's been for you to go through this, and, and again, I'm not trying to minimize to anyone who has these these uh, challenges that it's not hard. It's hard. But 
you sometimes we wonder why am I going through this, but look at look what you do now and how it's caused yeah. you to really work on your mindset. And now you teach that to other people, and it made you much better absolutely. teacher. Correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so it's really your superpower. Why do we go through these things? So you can learn from it and then turn around and help someone else who's going through it as well. Oh, absolutely. I know speaking to ADHD, uh, another way that it's a superpower is I have endless, boundless amounts of energy. And so like literally in the fitness world, (laughs) I mean, super helpful because I'm always like, oh, I'm moving. And as in a teaching aspect, I'm, I'm a mover and a shaker. I'm like always moving around the room. I'm talking with my hands. You don't sit behind your desk. You're moving. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's, I'm always... You know, I'm like the dog, the, the Australian shepherd that is like just happy to be there, but just is like, oh, there's a ball, there's a frisbee, there's a, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. And so, yeah. And I like, I my it. my students are amazing because sometimes I think that I, I teach, <laughs> well, I know that sometimes I teach in this ADHD fashion where it's like, look over here, look over there, look over here, you know, <laughs> and um and so they're super patient with me sometimes, but, sure. <laughs> but you also learn to manage some of that. But yeah, it is, it's a, it's a bless. It's like you say, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes. Um, yeah. I think so. it's a blessing. I think it's your superpower despite the challenges you've gone through, because I think you're so good at what you do because of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So one of the things with my FNP that was so mm-hmm. amazing, um, is that she also is very, very strong in the mindset. Right. And she actually works with a life coach and works with several different life coaches. And she was the one who first started teaching me about mindset. So literally we're in her doctor's office and she's like, okay, she's like, I think you're in a spot where you're, you're open to hearing this. And she taught me about affirmations. Yeah. And she's like, I want you to say these things. And I still have the paper that she wrote on in her doctor's <laughs> office. And it's right. sitting in my, you know, in my car. And it's literally still on my dashboard. Um, and since then, like, I've changed my affirmations a sure. little bit. Right. And I've changed different things that I work on. But really, I, I go back to that because it was my initial introduction. And it's this really nice reminder of when I need to go back as far as working on my mindset I just go back and kind of look look at those things she wrote down, and I'm like, oh yeah, it it's this simple, right? You know, and so yeah, she literally had me wrote out three affirmations for me, and she's like, I want you to go home and say these every day, and I was like, and it was so such this bizarre feeling. I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this, yeah, but right. I'll yeah. try it, uh-huh. and it was so um so awkward. Very, very awkward. I'll be honest. Sure. Um, Yeah. And those, those first three affirmations were like, I am good enough. Um, I am a value. And there was one other one. Um, Anyway, I don't remember at this moment in time what it is, but she literally was like, go home and say these. And I was like, really? Do I have to? Like, this seems weird. And I didn't really think that those were necessarily issues until I started having to say them. Right. And then I was like, oh, like you can feel the resistance. Right. Because you're like, I don't even want to say that out loud. It feels weird. And, and <laughs> yeah, and you can literally physically kind of feel this resistance to, to it. Um, but it really does. As you start doing it, as I started practicing it, I started noticing that I felt different. And then um, I started, you know, changing. We started changing it up a little bit. And 
And so to make it more, the affirmations more specifically to where I had some of those very specific beliefs. Right. Uh, but I do, I have to say, I do like those, like I'm, I'm good enough. Right. I think, cause that, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. I think that's the number, in my experience in doing this for 30 years, meeting with clients, I think the, the number one irrational limiting belief that we buy into is I'm not good enough. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think everyone can, uh, you know, who's listening to this right now can relate. Yeah. I've, I've had that mindset at times where I just don't feel good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that was really, um, perpetrated by the, the, this idea of I'm not smart enough, yep. you know, that started clear back when I was in high school and, and even in college and especially in college, like I literally remember walking on campus one day up at Utah state, go Aggies. I'm a huge Aggie fan. Um, <laughs> but I was literally walking across the campus in front of the PE building. And I remember seeing one of my friends that was in the similar program to me and at the time, he was taking 18 to 21 credits a semester, mm-hmm. holding down a job, and was getting good grades. He, right. he was like a 3.8. Right. And I just, I remember literally walking across campus, seeing him, and like, why can't I keep up? Like, why am I, why can't I do that? Yeah. And really struggling with that because... It, it took so much longer to write papers. It took so much more effort to just even sit down and mm-hmm. do anything right. that was had anything to do with writing or reading, that type of thing. Sure. Movement, as far as movement goes, um, I was an exercise science major. So anytime they like were like threw you out in a field or in a gym or you know, on the floor, I'm like, Oh, I can move, I can, yeah, do, this, I can do this. You know? Yeah, sure. I'm on fire. <laughs> right. Um but then tell me, oh, you got to write a paper with that, and 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 I couldn't understand why I just couldn't do it. Even though I, at that point, I knew I had ADHD, uh, I was self-medicating with exercise and caffeine. So, yeah, Mountain Dew. I hate Mountain Dew now. It's because I pounded it <laughs> in college. Yeah, too much of that. You're like, oh I'm my done. gosh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but I remember having having those exact thoughts mm, and. Then, you know, fast forward to this time, you know, 10, you know, years later. And I think that a lot of those I'm not good enough kind of started at a much more base level of why can't I keep up? Why can't I do this? Why am I not as smart? You know, and then as that continued, I would see people in their careers like they could get jobs faster, hold down jobs faster, do their jobs better. Right. Paperwork and me are not great friends. <laughs> I don't know anybody that is maybe great with paperwork. Because paperwork doesn't move fast enough. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's so yeah. painful. Sure. So painful. Sure. I, I need it. a secretary for life. Right, right, you know? exactly. My so life secretary, <laughs> right? And so I just, you know, so all of these things adding up, you know, there's other people that could take on more tasks, whether that was in their careers or even in their relationships um, yeah. and, and just in life. Like I'm like, this person can hold down their job, be a mom um, and do all these things. And, and I'm doing 
barely like surviving just holding down a job you right. know what i mean yeah. mm -hmm. and so it just yeah there i think a lot of that built up over time and it became it became very ingrained and yeah. i didn't even realize i was doing it yeah and yeah, so no, and that's well so you know what do you do on a daily basis now? I mean, you do those affirmations, which is great, and I'm a, I'm a big believer of that as well. What are some other things you do to kind of help you stay in that healthy mindset? So I've always been into exercise. Um, mm -hmm. As a kid, I just because I had so much boundless amounts of energy, right. um, <laughs> you know, PE came easy. I got into sports, and so like I said, that was a great outlet for me on all different, you know, mental, emotional, everything. Uh, when I got into college, like I said, I started self-medicating with caffeine. Um, I don't do that as much, although I will admit that I still do it. Um, th this is where I will throw in my little health teacher point of don't do Adderall and caffeine at the same time. Don't do any ADHD yeah. medication and caffeine because it's a stimulant. Like don't yeah. mix drugs. That's just not your wisest choice. Right. Um, I'll, I'll be honest this morning. Um, not every morning, but I usually um, take some type of medication this morning. Sure. I had caffeine. They have caffeinated water. It's amazing. You can find it at Walmart. <laughs> I just barely found it like this past month. And so when I'm not doing, when I'm not taking my Adderall or I just need a little bit of a pick-me-up, um, I actually, I'm very, very careful about my caffeine consumption, but I'll usually have something that can kind of um, caffeine has the opposite effect on an ADHD mind than it does on the normal person. Uh, mm -hmm. It has the opposite effect, actually. It, the best way to put it is it makes it so that your mind can be calm and clear. Mm. And so instead of like having your thoughts go 100 miles an hour where you're thinking about, oh, I got to do this, and then I got to go over here and this, and then, you know, that thinking, oh, I got to feed my horse then takes you to, oh, but I didn't feed the dog. Oh, I need to take the dog to the vet. And then, you know what I mean? And literally, instead of you having 20 million thoughts that you're right. bouncing in between and never finishing one of them, um, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can just sit here and think about one thing. Um, so I like to, as far as morning routines, a lot of times I will take something, whether that's, you know, some caffeine, whatever sure. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, the other thing that I'm a huge proponent of is physical activity. So I'll try and work out, go running. Um, it, it varies a little bit on the day. Right. Um, but I think it's very, very important for that movement, um, which is a whole nother aspect that we could ch chat about. But then um, I say those positive affirmations three times a day not three times a day, sorry. I have three affirmations that I say, right. you know, in the morning. And um, I, I'll be honest, I'm not really great about my morning routine. Sometimes I get on it and I, and I, and I do it really well every day. And then, you know, things will change up and then I kind of get off. And so, so you're human. Yeah, crazy. Yes. Yeah. And ADHD, <laughs> we're not really great about right. like, well, the, the thing is, things. the thing is, is you're striving, you're, you're, you're oh, trying, yeah. you're doing your, I mean, I, what I hear from you and, and, and again, knowing you for a while, you're doing your best, you know, and that's kind of what you do. Yeah. You're just like, I'm going to do my best today. Yeah. You know, and I saw that when you were teaching the kids and, and that kind of thing. And, and, and again, that's the way you live your life. And that's why you, again, like I said, you're good at what you do is you're not perfect, right? 
but you're you're doing your best and i think that's a great message that that our listeners need to understand if you're doing your best that's the key do yeah. your best today yeah. all right if you if you didn't do your morning affirmations and you missed them okay so what yeah it's okay you're going to be okay same later today or do them tomorrow morning but just do your best today that's kind of what i'm hearing from you is that yeah accurate? yeah um and i think what kind of along those one of the things with mindset that I learned was a lot of times we should ourselves to death. Yes. And so that was one should've of the, fr- should've I should have done that. And yeah. I, and I see that like you're talking about like, yeah, we're human and you're, we're trying our best. And a lot of times, and I found that with myself, especially with the perfectionist thing, I should be this, yeah. I should be that. And, and you put a lot of shame and guilt on the fact that you didn't say your affirmations that day, or you didn't, you know, say your prayers, or you you didn't work out, or you didn't eat this, and, and you, you end up with a lot of shame and guilt, even sometimes when it's not so much outwardly, inwardly. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you do, you know, oh, I should have, I should (laughs) have worked out this morning. Yeah. And I have to really catch myself on the shoulds, because that's where I feel like my perfection sneaks in. Yeah. Well, that's really what that is, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, why can't I be perfect? Yeah. <laughs> why, is what, what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's days when I know I should work out and I don't. And and I'll literally be like, if I just only would have gone and done it, like I should have worked out. I know that I would have felt better. I know right. that I would have, you right. know, blah, 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 blah. We all, and we all do that. And, you know, and as a, as a fitness advocate and professional, um, me of all people, I'm like, oh. I should have worked out because I know better because I've been, yeah. I've been doing this for so long. You know? <laughs> and I also kind of go, well, I know it makes me feel better because yeah. I'm ADHD and I know when I run, I feel better. Or if I go lift weights, I'll feel better. And so then I, you know, why didn't I go, why didn't I go lift this morning? Yeah. Why didn't I just do it? I should have, you know? And yeah, I, I think a lot of us spend a lot of time shooting ourselves and then we end up with a lot of that shame and guilt kind yeah. of writing in. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's like one of the first things right after I did the three affirmations, my FNP, when I went in for a follow-up doctor's appointment, uh, it's funny cause a lot of, we would just meet for doctor's appointments, you know, blood work and right. real stuff. And then we'd end up talking mindset for about an hour. Um, but that was one of the next things that she had me do was realizing how much I said should. Yeah. And then recognizing the the guilt and shame that came along with all of those should statements. Right. And so for the first month or so, um, she referred me over to a life coach um, that she was really close friends with. And so I worked with, with that life coach as well, which was super beneficial. And that was one of the things that this life coach and both the FNP were like, had me do that first month when I started doing life coaching was just focusing on taking should out of my vocabulary. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I know, I, like I said, my phone will go off. You're like, one yeah, time. no one's, no one's going to no call gonna you this call early me. in the morning. Right. And here we are. There's that one time. <laughs> no, that's no, no problem. Well, you know, if, if someone who's listening to this right now, who may be going through the same things that you've been going through or have gone through, you know, they're struggling with anxiety or they're struggling with, you know, you know, I, I think I'm, I need to be perfect. And so therefore they believe maybe on some level they're not good enough. 
What advice could you give them who might be listening to this right now? Yeah, uh, I really am a huge believer in the affirmations. I've really seen the value in as you say those affirmations, even if you don't feel it to begin with, if it Mm -hmm. feels awkward. And it's not only that it feels awkward, it's you don't believe it. Right. Right. You don't you're not feeling it. You're um, I remember at some point for me, I didn't believe that I was lovable. Mm. Um, You know, if you have being single for a long time, um, you start to believe like uh, there's been all these failures along the way. And yes, they're learning points, whatever, you know. Sure. But you're like at the end of the day, they still failed. So. You know, I remember one of my affirmations at some point was, I am lovable. And I remember saying that and not believing it. Yeah. I was like, I'm saying this, but it's not true. So you immediately discount it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess what I would say is do it anyway. Right. Because eventually you're going to change the way you think you can change the way you think. Right. And it really starts with starting to address, addressing what I can, what we like to call truths, right? right? We have, um, are these limiting beliefs because when you start saying it, then you can start opening your heart and your mind to actually being able to believe it. And then once you get to a point where you're open to it, then you can honestly start seeing the world and as as it is. Right. Wow. That's great advice. And I, I'm a, I'm a huge believer of that as well. I, I, I do affirmations as well. Um, and, uh, I remember when I first did them too, I didn't believe them. Uh, but I do now. And it's, I think the affirmations actually really are the truth. Even in the beginning when you don't believe them, it's just the truth, yeah. you know, cause you are a good person. You are lovable. You do matter. You're right. smart, you're brilliant, you're talented, you're kind, you're wise, you're loving, you're light, you're energy. That's who you really are, you know? Yep. And me even being able to rub shoulders with you just a little bit over the years, I see that from you. Well, thank you. No, and I mean that. And so um, so I'm grateful that you came, you know, t- and willing to share and be vulnerable with us today and share some insight on, on your life. And it's very, it's been very good for me to kind of hear a little more detail of your life <laughs> You know, some background, and I really appreciate you actually more now than I did before. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, I I think for me, um, as I started to see this more in myself, I just, where it went back to is I I thought, man, if I could have started doing this when I was like a teenager or in college, there's a lot of things that, a lot of heartache I could have avoided. And I've noticed a lot of those things in my students, but I didn't know how to address them. So as I started learning about changing mindsets and things Mm -hmm. like that, um, it really opened my eyes to my students. And that's one of the things that I started trying to practice a little bit. Granted, um, with only a semester of health in in public education, you can only do so much. Um, But I started doing affirmations with them and just opening, hopefully, hoping to open the door a little bit to Absolutely. plant those seeds and yeah yeah and what was Love sad it. and and what kind of has cemented this whole idea that they really need that is I would have kids come up to me and they'd be like I don't believe it yeah you know I I had a 
at the time she was a junior over at Brighton High School, and this absolutely lovely young lady, um, super cute blonde girl, and you know, her friends liked her and she seemed to be doing really well. You know, she had, she was taking some harder classes. She was doing well in school. And I just remember her in my class and we did this little exercise with affirmations. And she's like, but, and she came up to me after class and she was like, but what if you, but what if it's not true? And so I, you know, had her like, I said, okay, so what did you write down? What are three things that, you know, you wrote down that you, wanted to try and change your mindset on. And one of them, I don't remember, it wasn't I'm not good enough, but it was essentially that. It was a similar type of thought process. Um, And it was something like I am a good person or something along those lines, you know? And she's like, I don't believe it. Um, And she's she's like, my dad would tell you that I'm not a good person. And it just, it blew me away because she's like, I don't, She's like, I've written it down. And she's like, I'd like to believe, but what if I'm really not? Mm. And so I just, and I would see that hers was very easy to see because she came openly uh, to me and talked about it. But I would see it in other students as well because they, they would just, it was in their behavior or a lot of times it was how they would speak verbally, Mm -hmm. um, that they didn't feel like they were good enough for whatever, you know, for whatever reason. But, um, and they honestly, or that they were a failures or things yeah. along those lines, right. along those lines. And yeah. I, I would just see it. And I was like, I, I can see in my classroom and these students are amazing. Right. They're just these amazing individuals. And so... It, it made me want to be like, can you not see who you are? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to watch. And you're someone. doing awesome. Yeah. You're doing awesome, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's tough. You know, I I always ask my client when they say they don't believe they're good enough, I'll say, well, prove it to me. And they sit there and they look at me like, what? I'm like, well, prove it to me. You think you're not good enough, prove it. Oh, a teen would definitely come back with a response no, for that one. No. Really? Yeah, they prove it. And they'll they'll try to think of something but they really like, well, I really can't prove it. And I'm like, well, what does that oh, mean then? And I've I been, like that. I, it's a powerful way of getting them to go. And, and what it does is it points out, it's just a story you're telling yourself. That's all it is. Yeah. Because there's no proof to back that up. Now, it doesn't mean you're a perfect person. We're all, we all have stuff we need to work on. Yeah. But to your core, really, ultimately, there's nothing wrong with you. That's why you can't show me or prove to me that you're unlovable or you're not good enough or you're not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a really powerful way to do that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's powerful. I'm yeah. going to throw that into my yeah. like bag so, of tricks. So, um, you know, I if someone wanted to reach out to you, you know, that is hearing this and they, man, I would love to ask Teddy a question because yeah. I'm going through the exact same thing or what would be the best way, whatever you're comfortable with, that they could reach out to you and ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm all over social media. Okay. Uh, and I think that that's a really popular way to get a hold of people. Yep, it um, seems to be the I'm, way to go nowadays. I know, right? <laughs> um, I am on Facebook. Uh, I have a couple of different things. So I'm, yeah, Teddy Searle. You know, it's Sp- like Facebook. Spell that out for everybody. Yeah, it's T-E-D-I. And then Searle, S-E-A-R-L-E. 
And um, on Instagram, it's the endorphin junkie. Yeah. <laughs> and that comes back to, it kind of comes back to those ADHD ties of, sure. of I'm always, I'm always trying to find stuff that's going to make you happy. Right. The good endorphins. And yeah, so that's that. movement mindset. I love it. And so that's where that name came from. Actually, one of my coworkers, when I was teaching at Brighton, she's like, you're not an adrenaline junkie. She's like, you're an endorphin junkie. Yeah. And so that's where that came from. And it stuck. <laughs> so like yeah, it. I'm on Instagram as the okay. endorphin junkie. Um, and then, I mean, people are always free to reach out to me. I'm in the process of redoing my blog. And so uh, we're in the process of changing the name for that. So otherwise, okay. I'd say, go listen to this website. But right. um, we're in the process of changing sure. of changing that. But that's going to be coming soon. And okay, I'm great. actually really excited. Um, I'm in the process. We're about to put out, I say we, because I have several other people that are helping me with it. Um, but I have a book that we're writing and it's from my, it's all qu health questions that my students um, have asked over the years and they write them down on three by oh, five great. cards. And so we're in the process of making oh, that a awesome. book. Yeah. Um, but I just recently, literally just kind of came about over the last month is I'm going to be doing a um, social media and, and make the website. So it's ask a health teacher. Love it. And so, yeah, that's um, great. yeah. So on my Facebook, I also have a group that's, um, or a page that's going to be ask, ask the health teacher. Right on. And so. Very cool. Yeah. Hopefully it will help. Yeah. Um, help parents so that if they'd like to have ideas about what their teens are asking and want to know about health wise, yeah. different questions. It's a great idea. Um, Love it. That they can reach out. And then also, uh, it gives a place I'd like to open it up so that teens can come and basically ask you know hey I have a question about this and do I have all the answers absolutely not you know but I'm willing to go help them find right. those answers love it and so well um, I hope people will reach out to you because you do have a lot of knowledge you've been through a lot I want to thank you for taking the time to come on on this belief cast and share your thank amazing you. story and and how you live your life and and also being vulnerable and sharing some challenges that you've gone through most of my listeners will relate and, and I'm grateful that you're willing to come do that. You're going to help a lot of people and uh, I'm just glad that you're willing to do this and I'm grateful to know you, Teddy, and, and thanks for giving me opportunities to come speak to your students as well. It's been a blessing in my life as well, so thank you so much. and Likewise. I, thanks for being on here today. Oh, I love it. Thanks. This has <laughs> been so fun. Yeah, it's been great. Well, there you go, listeners. Another amazing story uh, from another great person. Thank you once again for tuning in. Please share this with people that you know, especially those that are struggling with ADD or ADHD and anxiety and, you know, and, and, and really ultimately the belief that they may not be good enough because the truth is you are. And, uh, and I want you guys to know I love you. Thank you for supporting this. It truly is. Uh, it's grown to a place that I, in the beginning, never thought imaginable, but it's because we got amazing people like Teddy to come on and share their stories. So... To uh, all of you, I love you. Until next time. All right, thanks, Teddy. Thank you.